Hello, heathens, and welcome to Spinning the Wheel podcast with me, your host, Megan Angus. And this week, we will be discussing the lunar cycle, heliacal risings of fixed stars, holy days, and astrology of Samhain season, waxing moon in Aquarius, lunar week 38 by some lunar calendars around the planet. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, we are in Samhain season, of course. So let's momentarily orient ourselves on the wheel of the year. Um, we are between Maybon and Yule, and we are heading into the dark underworld journey of this portion of the wheel. Our witches work for this time of year is oriented in the life death rebirth process um, working with fate and destiny and the cosmos and those types of paradigms and concepts as well as ancestor work and when we look around the planet and um, observe ancient as well as modern holy days and festivals we see uh, exactly the same thing. Uh, holidays and festivals centered on endings, beginnings, transformations, fate and rites of passage, sex and death and chaos. And this week, we actually have like a grab bag of <laughs> ancient and modern holidays that seem to speak to all of this stuff. Um, and uh, and the astrology this week in particular also really speaks to um, a, a, a particular streak <laughs> of chaos, <laughs> really more than anything. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into it. Okay, this lunar week starts November 11th with a waxing half moon in Aquarius at 19 degrees. It will be at that degree at 4.46 a.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day for everybody else around the planet. Um, this moon really kicks off the symbolism of this week for me. Uh, it, it, it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's sort of, it's interesting. We're going to have an interesting week this week. <laughs> uh, this moon super duper encourages activism of all types activism deluxe is what I put in my notes. Uh, it really encourages rebellion. It really encourages, um, it, it, and what is happening is on a, on a very profoundly intellectual level, a very expansive intellectual level, um, you know, you are kind of able to look at the world and look at your situations and, and frankly, see the injustice that's there and how it's illogical and um you know how it's like intellectually this just doesn't make sense like why why, why do we have this injustice here this unnecessary rumple in what could be otherwise nice society um and so uh what how this energy can often come through is um sort of the a, a, a very thwarter joker prankster kind of an energy that is kind of wanting to play devil's advocate uh when dealing with the establishment um or or you know sort of pulling the rug out 
from underneath things that are, you know, supposed to otherwise be holy or untouchable. Um, and this uh, concept really gets reiterated over and over again in the astrology this week. And then, like I said, we really kind of have a grab bag of various Samhain themed uh, holidays and festivals throughout the week. And in their own way, they all kind of support this like chaotic, um, um, you know, like anti-establishment, anti-status quo thing. And it's, it's cool. Okay. So, <laughs> so we have this waxing moon in Aquarius and it really is encouraging us to kind of like thumb our nose in the face of authority and go, no, bleh, like, I'm not going to play nice. I'm going to make it weird. I'm going to point out where like, you know, something weird is going on under the table. <laughs> like I'm going to say something when I'm not supposed to say something. Uh, it, it's, it's good. We need more of this in the world <laughs> and we can engage in this kind of energy in so many different ways. Now there's real big levels of pranking, um, which probably involve things that we, you know, can't really talk about, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but there's little ways of pranking things too. And there's ways of pranking where nobody's going to get hurt, but a, but a point is made all the same. Um, and that kind of activism is really potent and it's really therapeutic. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, okay. So this, this waxing half moon in Aquarius, like I said, is really sort of setting the tone for everything else that we are going to be encountering this week. Uh, for our lunar body with this waxing half moon, we are awakening, adorning, activating, stimulating, and nourishing for action our legs, and in particular, our knees. Uh, again, as I always say every week, not a medical doctor, doctor of the cosmos. Uh, <laughs> um, so if you are wanting to incorporate anything from my uh, lunar body advice, get with your trusted health practitioner and advisor uh, and get their advice on that. Uh, for our plant body work, for your house plants or the plants in your yard or on your land, we are harvesting. So there's definitely nut harvests that could be happening at this time of year um, and very, very late, late fall harvesting. Although this is pretty early on after Samhain, whether that's like cultural Samhain, October 31st, November 1st, or it's solar Samhain, which was November 6th, 7th, um, or even Old Hallows Mass, which is November 11th today, this, this lunar day, um, there is a tradition of not harvesting after those days because, quote unquote, the Puka Fairy uh, has blessed haha the crops and they are poisoned or they are toxic at that point which of course is totally reasonable because by this point mold and mildew have probably started to grow on things that are still outside in most places in the northern hemisphere and um it's it is not going to be safe or healthy to eat slash uh it may have been infected with uh, a fungus or something like that. So perhaps you have some ergot growing on there or some mushrooms growing on there. Um, and you're having that sort of energy brought in, which, you know, has been proven already to, uh, 
be the source of some of the witch trials that were happening several hundred years ago were infected crops that then went into the storage bin and the village took from it and made their bread and you know everybody freaked out so uh so there is something to that but that that again is that sort of like chaos remember we last week we were talking about making room for the unknown and making room for the unexpected and you know we can have a smile on our face when we're saying that but sometimes it really is like oh no type stuff and we've had plenty of that in the last couple of years yes <laughs> so also we're kind of you know good at it now or getting better at it maybe <laughs> we could say um yeah so yeah okay uh for our plant body we are harvesting we are doing pest control and looking for disease and things like that on our plants uh and we are plowing and we are weeding and then later in the day uh the moon enters pisces and i'm going to talk about that on november 12th quote unquote you know in a few minutes um but yeah Later in the day, the moon enters Pisces. So we have a moment with the moon in this actual phase in this sign, and then it moves on. Um, okay, now we also don't have any astrology of note for this day. So we're just gonna move directly into the holy days. Okay, so we kick it off with uh, the heliacal rising of the fixed star Zubanesh Shamali. Um, this is the northern scale or the northern claw. So currently, this fixed star is considered to be part of the constellation Libra, and it is depicted as part of the northern scale of the balance that is the sign Libra. Uh, but in a different time, uh, the constellation of Scorpio was even bigger than it currently is. It's already a really big constellation, but it was even bigger. It took up a, a more of the sky. And a whole bunch of what is currently Libra was the claws of the scorpion. So this is also the northern claw. And what Zubanesh Amali represents is the full price and this is very interesting. So if you remember last week, um, in last week's podcast, we talked about uh, Zubanel Ganubi, which uh, is another fixed star in the constellation of Libra slash Scorpio. Uh, that meant the southern scale or the southern claw. And it's the unfulfilled price or like the insufficient price, I think is the, the correct term. And it basically means like shorted. And it really speaks to a lot of the um, like bitterness and uh, uh, vengeance and betrayal, uh, like goddesses and um, holy days that happen right after October 31st, like in the, that first week of, of the month. Um, and, and it's this sort of like, I've been shorted, I've been slighted in some way. So then now here this week, we have Zubin excuse me, Zubin Eshamali, which is the, the full price. And on this same day, we have uh, from our Catholic friends and ancestors, St. Martin's Day or Martin Mass. Um, and this is another Old Hallows Eve, November 11th was another like Nick Nevin, Old Hallows, um, old Samhain day. 
but it was also butchering day in a lot of different uh, cities and villages and towns that had been sort of absorbed by the Catholic Church by this point. This was the day that everybody brought their meat to market that they were going to butcher for the winter. Um, so again, that I the, there's that very interesting emphasis of the full price and that there would be these two things in alignment. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> also on this day, uh, from November 11th to November 17th, we have the fast of Hod, who is the Teutonic deity Hodor. Um, this is the twin brother of Baldur. Um, and uh, this Norse god is associated with darkness and winter. He is blind. And in his myth, uh, he's not spoken of in a lot of different places. And in his myth, the most that we really know about him is that he is responsible for killing his twin brother, Balder, with an arrow or a spear made of mistletoe. And there's a lot of uh, similarities between this myth of uh, Hod or Hodor and Balder. Um, and the Holly King and the Oak King. Uh, a lot of symbolism is the same there, because Baldur, of course, represents the light, sunny, bright half of the year, and Holder represents the darkness in winter. Also on this day, um, we have from Ireland, uh, the Day of the Lunatashis. The Lunatashis are a <clears throat> particular type of fairy that are... Um, covered in thorns and spikes, and they live in and protect blackthorn trees, uh, which are sacred to the goddess Calais, uh, who we've talked about quite a bit already. She's the uh, Irish slash Celtic uh, goddess of death and winter and um, storms and uh, darkness and, you know, all the good stuff that we get at this time of year. Um, so this is a day that's dedicated specifically to those fairies. And uh, fairies in uh, Western Europe are significantly different. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast. They're significantly different um, than how they are depicted in uh, North America. Here's especially in the United States. Fairies are often depicted as something um, very playful, very friendly, very sweet um you know maybe they are a little prankish right maybe they're a little fun little little like oh they tie your shoelaces together hee <laughs> hee uh they are they are elementals <laughs> more or less you know I, I don't want to speak as a as an expert on on the fae at all um but out of respect they they are elementals they truly are um uh, like locus genii or genie locus, like uh, spirits of the land, spirits of the place. And so these are truly like this this spirit that come out of uh, the tree, uh, you know, again, as a sacred uh, tree to this goddess and are like, get the fuck back. <laughs> Do not mess with us. Um, they're really, really potent. Um, yeah, they go out once a month. Um, and dance to the moon to the goddess. Pretty cool stuff. All right. Also on this day, uh, we have the feast of Ein Herjar. This is another uh, Norse uh, idea. Um, Ein Herjar uh, represent uh, those who have died in battle and have been taken to Valhalla. And interesting enough, on this same day, we also have Veterans Day. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Um, 
And also on this day, we have Volv's Remembrance Day from our Slavic ancestors and friends, because a lot of that stuff is currently practiced. Uh, Volv's or Volvas are um, uh, Slavic priests and priestesses that basically were uh, shamanic. Um, they were kind of the bridge between uh, the, the normal folk and the deities and the gods. Um, and so this was sort of a day that was kind of dedicated to them and the work that they do for community. All right, let's move on to November 12th. Okay, November 12th, we have our waxing Pisces moon. Uh, it's bigger than a half, but it's not full yet. <laughs> so it's waxing. Um, this is a moon... Okay, so we we have this Aquarius moon work the day before that's really encouraging us to kind of like give super heavy duty side eye to the establishment, right? And like, quote unquote, rules and traditions and regulations and be like, hey, what is all of this BS about? On this day, I really encourage you to, in, in whatever way you want to express the day before energy, on this day, part of that I encourage you to express it through poetry. I encourage you to stand in the, the boots of the universe, stand in the center of the galaxy, stand in the middle of, you know, the fields of your gods, stand, you know, at, at their throne, what, whatever that place is, um, and look back at us on earth. And what do they see? How would they describe life on earth right now from their perspective? Whether that's your ancestors, your guides, your elementals that you work with, your gods, your goddesses, the center of the universe. Sometimes I refer to all of that as the universal goo. <laughs> How, if that had a voice, if they chose to speak through you, what, what would they say about life on earth right now? How would they express that? And poetry is truly um, an incredible way of allowing things to speak when normal words and sentences won't do. It's also a magical act. There are tons of magical folks and spiritual folks, uh, witchy folks, pagans, magicians, freaks, weirdos, <laughs> who have found freedom and incredible connection through writing poetry and um, being able to describe and express the otherwise ineffable. So I really encourage you, like, again, whatever else you want to do, also try doing some poetry. Also try allowing some of that to express itself through that. For our lunar body work, we are awakening, activating, adorning, stimulating, and nourishing for action. Our legs, and in particular, our feet and our ankles. Uh, they are ruled by Pisces. Um, and for our plant body work, we are planting and we are uh, transplanting and we are grafting. Um, whatever plant buddies we have hanging out with us. Um, and since... That was super quick. Sun in Scorpio, trine Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 20 degrees. Uh, <laughs> really cool timing to have this happening on the same day as our waxing Pisces moon. I know it moved in last night, but you know. <laughs> um, 
because the sun trine Neptune absolutely supports and encourages and emphasizes uh, mysticism and ideals and our relationships and beauty and idealism and self-sacrifice and sensitivity as well as like spiritual sp experiences and mystical experiences and um, like experiences with the psychic arts. And so this is a fantastic day also to practice divinatory work and to commune with your beings. And so we have this really great waxing Pisces moon that's like write poetry from the perspective of gods. And then we also have sunshine neptune that's like go hang out with your gods and like have a cool conversation and like you know <laughs> have a beverage or like whatever you know <laughs> like enjoy hang out with your beings and celebrate them and celebrate your presence in their presence that thing so really really cool and again for me this this is activism in a way like and it really like informs our activism it is absolutely imperative i think um that we are like touching base over and over again with you know what is the core meaning to all of this what are we struggling for what are we fighting for um you know be like democrat republican those are just made up ideas uh money that's a made up idea and yes i, I i'm still paying my rent like i know that i have to also play pretend but like this is a wild ass mass illusion that we have all decided to agree to like can we all just agree on that like <laughs> money's not real these political parties are not real borders are not real we really fight about them yes <laughs> i i understand that but we, but we're fighting about something that that doesn't exist that truly literally doesn't exist and dun 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 it doesn't have to so wh wh what is going on in the midst of that very difficult conversation allow yourself on november 12th to have a more blissful idyllic version of that conversation <laughs> with your ancestors with your gods with your goddesses light a candle pour out some delicious clean water for them put out some fresh flowers for yourself and for them um you know whatever whatever you have the means for do it highly highly recommend okay uh let us now get into the holy days of november 12th Okay, we only have two holy days for November 12th. The first is the Wangala Festival from our Hindu friends. This is a post-harvest festival of Thanksgiving celebrated in Meghalaya, also known as the Hundred Drums Festival. It is dedicated to um, the sun god Misi Saljong. Uh, they are also known as Patgipa Rarongipa. This is this means the great giver, um, and it's basically just a massive ceremony and festival for um, uh, giving thanks to this deity for blessing humans with a rich harvest from the season. Um, and there's all of these uh, drummers and other musicians that turn out. I think there's a whole bunch of singers that come as well. And there's just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of musicians that jam out super hardcore giving thanks and um 
you know, really just sort of radiating in the abundance, uh, the blessing of the harvest and the work coming to an end. Also on this day, approximately from November 12th to November 15th, we have the Tiwa Buffalo Dances. Um, this is a Native American celebration um, giving thanks to uh, Buffalo mothers and Buffalo fathers uh, for all that they supply. Again, uh, end of harvest slash uh, into the blood harvest, as the uh, wheel would call it. Um or the harvest of the animals that are going to be um, killed and uh, slaughtered for uh, to live through winter. Of course, um, you know, you're talking about groups of people that are going to use every single thing that the animal provides. Uh, the sinew will be used to make things and the leather and the hide and the bones and the meat. I mean, every single piece of it will be utilized. Um, so the Buffalo dances, there are quite a few videos of them online and uh, they're really beautiful. Uh, they're really, really incredible. They really look like Buffalo. <laughs> it's neat. Um, make sure that you watch a video from a reputable source. All right, that brings us to November 13th. And that is when stuff starts to get just kind of a little bit super weird. <laughs> just a little bit super weird. Um, <laughs> we still have our waxing moon in hanging out in Pisces. So keep doing your super dreamy Pisces work. But and also, also on this day, we have Mercury in Scorpio opposing Uranus uh, retrograde in Taurus at 12 degrees. So if you have anything in Scorpio or Taurus near 12 degrees, this could be a super spicy day. But same, same. Also, if you have something in Aquarius or Leo around 12 degrees, it could also be a spicy day. Um, so how does this work? Well, it's thinking, but like real fast. <laughs> My brain is going insane, perhaps. Um, super duper fast. Uh, at worst, this is feeling scattered. This is feeling undisciplined. This is feeling nervous, perhaps. Anxiety, perhaps. Um, but at best, it's like a stimulant for the brain. So um, our perception is super fast. We are understanding and perceiving things really, really quickly. Uh, perhaps we're having really intense intuitive insights. That sits nicely with the Pisces moon. <laughs> um, new, we might be seeking new experiences. We might be super impatient on this day. We might be super blunt on this day. Um, <clears throat> but this is where stuff starts to get a little weird in the week in terms of the astrology specifically, because um, going forward, we just kind of ramp up the pressure and the, the conflict, I guess, more and more. So really enjoy November 12th, I think is sort of the message here, because the rest of the week might be a little spicy. Um, but remember, <clears throat> as we have said in the past, we can always take a time out, we can always excuse ourselves. We can always say, hey, this isn't for me. 
I'm going to take a walk around the block or I'm going to go home or you know what? I'm not going to do that fourth thing this week that I said I was going to do. I'm going to put myself to bed instead uh, and go have our tantrum alone. You know, if that's what it needs to be, whatever. Remember, you are always allowed to do that. Okay. That's all I have to say. There's, there's nothing to say about the moon. That's, that's what's up with the astrology. It's, it's like, hurrah, but you know, we can go, we can get real intense with it. So just be, be present with yourself. Uh, the other thing that is happening on this day, our holy day for this day is quite holy. This kicks off trans awareness week. Hooray. This is a global awareness week. Um, dedicated to transgender people and their allies taking action to bring attention to the community by educating the public about who transgender people are, sharing stories and experiences, and advancing advocacy around issues of prejudice, discrimination, and violence that affect the transgender community. Uh, and this leads up to Trans Remembrance Day, which is November 20th. So this is a week of advocacy and awareness and education um, and really being publicly supportive of our trans family and friends and community members um, and really celebrating those people. Yay. All right. Let's move on to November 14th. Okie dokie. November 14th. We have our waxing gibbous moon moving into Aries at eight degrees, uh, 11.27 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, so we now have the moon in Aries. Okay, let's sit with this because as I was saying yesterday or for yesterday's work, things are getting a little hinky dinky uh, in the astrology and this is supporting that like yeah kind of energy that's coming up. <laughs> um, so the first thing that I wrote down in my notes is I want more. Um, with this waxing gibbous moon in Aries, we kind of like look around at what is going on for ourselves and our lives. And we're like, I I'm not going to settle for this. I want more. And in particular with everything else that's going on astrologically in the week and in our world, um, a lot of that is going to come down to, I want more from these systems. I want more from these power groups that want so much from me. Well, I'm going to start asking for more for myself, which is exactly, I think, what we should be doing. <laughs> uh, you know, I have mentioned hashtag general strike more than once on the podcast. Uh, and I absolutely support uh, people getting what they deserve. Um, the full price, right? We're starting off the week with Zubinash Amali, the fixed star that means the full price. Give us the full price. So, in our lunar work and our astrological work, we have some opportunities here to, um, in the best of circumstances, experience restlessness and like these dream time moments that allow us to really see like, oh, this is really what the problem is. And this is really what I would want for a solution for that. Really. Which is great cool 
And if it stopped there, if the period was there in the sentence, that would be fantastic. <laughs> However, there's a comma and the sentence continues with, there's also a bunch of astrology that is encouraging us to fight about it and get aggressive about it and pop the fuck off about it. Um, which, you know, sometimes, sometimes, right? Like sometimes it feels like that's the thing that has to happen. There is a part of me that's like, yeah, set it all on fire. Um, but then, then there's a part of me that's like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily set it all on fire. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if we could just grow it in the healthy direction that it should go in, that we could encourage it and love it and support it into the thing that it should be? I, will that work? I don't know. I don't know. And I think this week with its astrology and, um, and whatnot is really bringing us to the crossroads of that argument. And I think that that's going to be a thing that each one of us has to experience. And we come out where we come out as individuals. I, I don't in any way feel right or good about telling you what you ought to do with a, a, a conundrum like that, especially with how screwed up so many things are in our world right now. There is so much injustice. There is so much inequality. Um, you know, there is part of me that's like, yeah, throw a rock through the Nike store window, you know, but like to what end, right? We've talked about that before. Like, Revenge is fun and cool and sometimes actually has a place, but it takes a lot of energy out of us and it drains energy away from other things and it ties us more closely to the thing. You know, we end up having to deal with it for longer and more intimately. Um, and sometimes what it is actually is that we'd like it to just get the fuck out of our lives. And so you know, throwing the metaphorical rock through the, through the metaphorical window doesn't actually get us closer to our personal goal, which is that this thing doesn't exist anymore. And it brings us closer to it. So this week, <laughs> my rambling here, sorry, <laughs> where I'm going with all of this is that I really feel like this week brings us to the crossroads of, you know, do I choose violence or do I choose, you know, like, Mother, I crave violence, but like, <laughs> but at the same time, mother, you know, or myself or whoever, right? Um, I crave peace. I want things to just be good. I want everybody's bowl of soup to be hot and full and tasty. Like, why can't we just have that? Why can't we just have that, that thing? Um, and the, the places that that conversation pushes you and encourages you to go. Um, and whose agendas are satisfied by those types of things. When it comes to Pisces energy, there can be a real martyr thing there. And I am not a fan of the martyr archetype. I mean, I, I, you know, as archetypes go, it just exists. It's a neutral thing. But generally speaking, the martyr archetype has not gotten us very far here in the world today. <laughs> it's just gotten a lot of dead people um, and and a, 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 a deeper consolidation of power into fewer people as far as I'm concerned. And that's not really serving the rest of us. So um, 
as we move into Aries energy, this Aries energy may really feel like it is encouraging you to push yourself in a way that is destructive. And I don't think it has to be that. I think that this waxing gibbous moon in Aries is a time to push ourselves and make big claims and then follow through with them. Absolutely. But what is the most loving? What is the bravest, like literally actually, what is the bravest thing that you could ask of yourself right now? Because it is way easier to kill stuff than it is to heal. It's way harder to love. It's way harder to actually feel the damn thing and to be present with it. It's way harder. So given that, what actually would be the bravest thing for you to ask of yourself of your life right now? Just that. That's all that this moon is asking you to do. It's not a big deal. It's fine. It's calm. Just everybody calm down. It's fine. Just that. And from that stance, saying to yourself and saying to the universe, I want more. I'm, give me more. Let's do it. And you make this big claim and the universe is going to hand you energy to do this thing. Are you going to be brave enough to take it and run with it? Because there is a particular type of power and satisfaction and love and growth and healing that you give yourself when you keep your word to yourself and then also to the cosmos, to the gods, to the ancestors, to your people, to the community. Yes. Yes, that. Yes, that. Absolutely that. That's the gold, right? Of killing off those old forms of self and all that stuff is being able to lean in when we're being asked from the universe, you want to get wild? <laughs> we're like, I, yes, I don't know. Yes. You know? <laughs> that thing. That's what's potentially here, I think, in this waxing gibbous moon and in the astrology and the lunar process of this week is being able to sit at that crossroads and be and and say to myself or ourselves this is how mad i am about what's wrong in the world but i am not going to explode i am not going to turn myself into a bomb and disappear and and destroy myself along with a bunch of other people to because to what end to what end right we've had literal violence and terrorism in the world for quite some time now uh we're not living in a utopia it's not all fixed so that method doesn't really seem to be working out too well so again i ask you what's the braver thing if it isn't if it isn't dying for the cause is is living for the cause the braver thing is that actually what it is For our lunar body, we will be awakening, activating, adorning, stimulating, and nourishing for action. Our head, our hair, our scalp, our eyes, our face, and our sinuses. And for the plant body work, we are harvesting, we are doing pest control, we are examining our plants for any funguses and weird growths, we are plowing, we are weeding, and we are pruning. Uh, there is no astrology for uh, November 14th of note. 
So I will just mention very briefly also that this day we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star Unuk al-Hay. Uh, and this represents the neck of the snake. It is part of the um, snake constellation, but it's also, well, anyways. It's the neck rather than the head because this is where the snake has its brain. And so this is the seat of knowledge, of true serpent knowledge. This star is all about that knowledge that the good doctor has won from their labors. That knowledge of where we came from and what we are and where we are going and what holds us back and what we are due about healing it. So this whole week is asking us to really step into the thwarter, to step into the, the anti-establishment place and role and look at all of the mythos that has been handed to you as to how that's supposed to play out and then defining a different way of letting that play out for yourself or how you want to be choosing it this time. Um, that thing. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good because it's so potent. Really saying like, no, 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 we are bucking the system, but we're doing it in a way that you are not ready for. <laughs> you are not prepared for this massive wave of love and healing that is coming. Uh, starting with ourselves, starting with ourselves, right? It's Aries. It always starts with the self. Okay. Um, the only other thing that we have for this day is the feast of musicians and bards from our druid slash pagan friends and uh, cohorts and ancestors. This is perhaps a druid celebration of the Celtic musical arts. This may be a modern holiday. It might be an ancient one. Um, but either way, I think it's very timely with our waxing uh uh, Pisces moon that we have just a day before um, with such an emphasis on poetry there. Very cool timing. All right, let's move on to November 15th. Okay, November 15th. We still have our waxing moon hanging out in Aries, which is encouraging us to be brave, but is also potentially encouraging us to just demand more. <laughs> so keep that in mind in the background. Uh, we're going to skip right directly to the astrology of this day, which is one, we have Venus in Capricorn squaring Chiron in Aries at eight degrees. So uh, sometimes I talk about Chiron, sometimes I don't. It is absolutely a, a planetoid asteroid bo celestial body that I work with when I do chart readings for people. Sometimes I talk about it in the podcast and sometimes I don't because it's just a whole other layer of information that sometimes we just don't even need because everything else is so straightforward. But um, I wanted to mention it because it is in Aries um, and we have our waxing moon in Aries at this same time. And it's, you know, Venus is making this square here. Um, it really might be a good day to stay off social media because it this can manifest as very triggering experiences that bring up lots of pain around where we feel like we have been a failure in relationships um, or 
where we feel like um, we have been super blocked in expressing ourselves in relationships um, and blocked in expressing ourselves on the social level. And so interacting with that stuff in of itself may be triggering or just the more we try to interact with it, the more frustrating it gets and we feel very wounded about it. So it riles up our emotions in a week where we're already, you know, being asked on the intellectual level and the willpower level um, on the soul level to have this really intense conversation about what am I demanding from the universe on this day? We're, we're getting an opportunity to bring in, a wound that might make that very, very personal and that might help, but it might not help. Like if you're ready to do that kind of work and you can sit and be present with yourself, cool. But if you're already feeling a bit overwhelmed by life currently, it might be a lot to ask of yourself of like, hey, let me also open up this whole bag of issues, you know, like just have a couple of issues at a time. Don't, don't try to have the whole thing all at once. You're going to get an upset dummy. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you're like, no, we're not adding emotional stuff to this too. Stay off social media. I, th I think it's just going to be a day where everything that you look at is going to remind you about something that you feel bad about <laughs> in some way. Just take a diet, a diet day from social media, if it's at all possible for you. I know sometimes uh, our jobs and our situations require that we have to interact with it. I, I think that's super unfair. I don't like it. But as little as you can, if that is the case, as little as you can, you might even like burn a little bit of rosemary or, you know, another holy herb, lavender or something like that near your computer or near your phone. If you have to interact with it during that time, just like, hey, look, everybody serious. <laughs> I don't want anybody. I don't want any mess. <laughs> okay. Also on this day, we have the sun in Scorpio squaring Jupiter in Aquarius at 23 degrees. Now, Sun square Jupiter is actually a really great transit for the most part. It My notes say, you know, very like technical here. Let's fucking go. That's, that's Those are my notes. <laughs> um, this is a day that we get a lot of encouragement to rise to the occasion. Very complimentary to that waxing moon and Aries vibe, right? Um, so what we don't want to do is become an asshole. We want to become a badass. Um, again, this is another transit that encourages a very restless feeling and a very, I want more feeling. I, the sun, more Aquarius or uh, Jupiter. Um, so we just want to be listening to ourselves, uh, you know, what's coming up for us on these days around what am I desirous of? What am I really wanting to, to demand out of my reality and my world and my circumstances? And where am I feeling frustrated about that? And where can I do something productive uh, with that frustration? And where can I not do something productive with that frustration? And I need to vent it in some other healthy way that isn't subjecting my partner to my, you know, rantings, unless they're into it, or, you know, or we, like, maybe the person at the bus stop, and another thing, I paid this in taxes, you know, like that stuff, right? Um, it, 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 again, it's a, it's a week that asks tough stuff from us. Um, and so, as I always say, 
work with what you feel like you have capacity to work with and don't worry about the rest of it. Um, it, you know, whatever, we'll get to it eventually. Right. Um, but, but just in whatever way you have capacity for sitting with yourself and sort of witnessing this crossroads of here's my most deepest frustrations and the state, the stuff that I'm really like willing to, you know, quote unquote, go to war for metaphorically speaking, of course, um, versus here's the stuff that I really, really want in the world that I'm willing to like love as hard as possible for, <laughs> um, you know, and bring healing and, and, you know, really like radical, brave, you know, chaotically affronting <laughs> healing and joy and, uh, and, you know, just a whole entire different way of looking at stuff. Like your robot dogs don't scare me, man, that stuff. I don't know. It, it is very utopic. It feels like silly and ungrounded to talk about things in this way. I am a very pessimistic person. I like to say I'm very realistic, but I know I'm pessimistic in a lot of regards. And so looking at this astrology, I'm also like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I don't know. But, but exactly right. Like the, the very fact that I'm reading the astrology and even I am like, ah, I, clearly we all need to do the work. That's, that's my point here. We all need to do the work. All right, let's move on to the holy days of November 15th. Okay, from our Orthodox Catholic friends and ancestors, we have from November 15th to December 24th, the fast for the nativity. So yes, they officially are already starting to get ready for the birth of Christ. Um, shows you how important the winter solstice is in uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church. Big deal, right? Uh, so it's not a super strict fast uh, for literally a month. It's a prescriptive fast. So there's certain foods that are not eaten the whole time, and there's certain foods that are just not eaten on certain days, um, and then they are allowed on certain days. Um, but yeah, they already are, are gearing up for the big Christ-a-thon that is coming uh, there in December. Also on this day, we have Shichigosan from our Shinto friends and ancestors. This day, the, the name of it means 753. And this is a traditional rite of passage and festival day in Japan for three and seven-year-old girls and five-year-old boys uh, held annually on November 15th to celebrate the growth and well-being of young children. Um, it's not a national holiday. It's usually observed on the nearest weekend. So, you know approximately this time of year again. Um, the ages three, five, and seven are uh, consistent with East Asian numerology, which holds uh, odd numbers uh, to be very, very lucky. So these are those first three odd numbers, and it's sort of a celebration of that. Also on this day, we have the day of Tefnut, uh, Tefnut is an amazing Egyptian goddess whose name literally means that water. I love that so much. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That water. <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> this is a deity of moisture, moist air, dew, and rain. And we have already had such a heavy, heavy emphasis in this season with, of course, the Slavic goddess Mokosh, who is the wet earth and moisture herself. Are Mokosh and Tefnut directly related? I don't know, but they have a lot of similarities and they have holy days at the same time of year. So that's pretty cool. Um, if nothing else, it is absolutely humans recognizing uh, and celebrating the the dampness of the earth as the, the um, earth turns towards winter. Um, interesting though, uh, all of the, the, the Genesis stories of Tefnut um, have something to do with bodily fluids. Um, she even was spit out by Ra or Ray. Uh, and at one point, her name was written as a hieroglyph of a mouth spitting. Um, so there is something to that, right? So there's something to that water as well. The water of the mouth um, of course, the mouth being, you know, pretty darn important. That's where the word is spoken. Uh, so, yeah, interesting symbolism there. I, I don't know how far that goes, but it's really cool stuff. All right. Also on this day from our Greek ancestors, we have the holiday of Pompeia. This is a very little known and not well documented festival, uh, fairly obscure, but it... Um, had something to do with Zeus, perhaps, but it also had something to do with a magical sheepskin uh, and its properties, and also a kerikion, which was a staff entwined with snakes, aka kind of the caduceus. Um, and so in some parts of Greece, uh, this month was referred to as Hermea, so it would seem that Hermes also somehow played a role in this festival. And this is very interesting because, of course, we have our fixed star, um, Unuk Alke, Alke, I know, I'm mispronouncing that, I'm pretty sure, and I apologize, but uh, being the, the star that's in the neck of the snake, and now we have this other very obscure holiday that is celebrating a serpent-twined staff that is, of course, connected to Hermes, um, and then the name of the month as well, potentially connecting us to Hermes. And Hermes, of course, Mercury, um, connecting us to Gemini, but only in one form, right? Also the psychopomp, also a deity of the underworld, and um, moving through various realms, changing shapes, uh, transforming into whatever they needed to be to get the job done. Um, so... Uh, as as a serpent also sheds its skin and changes shape into whatever it needs to be to get the job done. So again, I don't know how far that goes, but all of that symbolism piling up there, I think is very, very interesting. All right, let's move on to November 16th. Okay, November 16th, our waxing moon enters the sign of Taurus. And this is a, a gibbous waxing moon, um, but ultimately our full moon next week is going to be in the sign of Taurus. So we are sort of in the preamble. We are in the pre-funk officially of the full moon. Um, so the first thing that I want to say about this waxing gibbous moon in Taurus is land back. Okay. What's up? 
Um, <laughs> if you don't know about the land back movement, please do yourself and your um, community a favor and go do some research. This is um, a nationwide movement dedicated to putting land back into the hands of uh, tribe members, Native Americans, indigenous people, especially in places where the treaties have not been honored. And the United States government has continued to encroach upon uh, land that they never should have taken in the first place. I mean, right, the, the underlying argument here is that this this shouldn't even be the situation. A lot of this land was just outright stolen, but that is a conversation that is larger than the, the size of the podcast. <laughs> um, but check out the Land Back Movement if you don't know about it. This waxing moon in Taurus absolutely is encouraging you to have a deep consideration of where do you live? What is what is your relationship to the literal land that you stand on? And what is your literal relationship to the things that you own? Your home, your property. I'm not telling you that you need to give up your stuff. I'm not, we're not going there. What I'm saying though is that this is a moon that really wants to challenge you and ask you, you know, what do you own and why? Why do you own that? Um, where are you in the conversation around your stuff and what it took to make it and what it took to get it to you? What did it cost the earth? What did it cost the communities that those resources were extracted from? And this is a wildly potent conversation to have now because we have massive climate action happening um, and climate action that needs to happen, right? And a huge driving force of that is our consumerism. It's not the largest force. Uh, let's not get it twisted. The military industrial complex is by far the biggest climate changer on our planet. Um, but consumerism is certainly not helping. Um, and I'm not saying don't buy stuff. I have a house full of stuff. <laughs> what I'm saying is have a conversation with yourself about why do I feel like I need what I feel like I need? And what is it costing the earth to get me that stuff? Um, and, you know, just me living where I am, am I aware of the politics of the land that I live on? What's, what is that whole thing? It's uncomfortable work. Yes. Are we in uncomfortable times? We sure are. <laughs> I hope you still have some Halloween candy left over. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I have cleared through that business already. <laughs> um, but this is also wildly important for us to have this conversation with ourselves right now as we head into Christmas season and the consumerism that is demanded of us <laughs> right at this time of year it is black friday the house down boots <laughs> like like you can't swing a dead cat without <laughs> don't swing dead cats by the way it's not it's very rude but you you know you can't throw a rock without you know getting hit in the face with 15 different ads about stuff that's going on sale at this time of year it's at an all-time high especially with how shut down the economy has been for the last year and a half, two years, because of, of course, Miss Rona. Um, so really do what you can to check yourself here, 
really do what you can, right? What's the brave thing? What's the most loving thing that you could ask of yourself and your people in the depth of this conversation around material goods and property and land and possessions and all that stuff? It's, again, tough work, yes, but we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. Okay. For our lunar body work, we are activating, nourishing, stimulating, adorning, and awakening for action our ears, our mouth, and our throat, our speech organs, and our listening and hearing organs and that whole apparatus all ruled by Taurus. So we are wanting to really support those parts of our body for that work. Uh, and for our plant body work, we are planting, we are transplanting, and we are grafting for above ground growth. Okay. Also on this day, we have the sun in Scorpio, square Pluto, and Capricorn at 24 degrees. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> I also warned you, right, at the beginning of the week that it was going to get spicy. So all of this, I'm a rebel, and we're going to question stuff, and woot, activism. Okay, well, here is where it might come to a little bit of a head, or like um, the rubber may meet the road, or your, you know, big talk on to your friends uh, on social media may come to a like proving point at this moment because this is absolutely a day that is rife with issues with authority. Um, you may encounter powerful pressures. You might be, you might find yourself in opposition to very powerful pressures. Uh, you may feel like a force is being exerted upon you that you do not care for. Uh, you may feel tested on this day. Um, you might be forced to make super radical changes to your situation. Um, it could be super difficult to contend with people that are in positions of authority on this day. Just full stop. You may be finding yourself in a position of demanding accountability from people in power or power groups um, and then accused of insubordination or accused of, you know, acting out of line, stepping out of line. And you're like, I guess I am, um, you know, so again, hashtag general strike, just saying, uh, you know, as always with Pluto, um, we want to watch for compulsiveness. We want to watch for obsessive thinking. Um, we want to watch for that. Like I have to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I have to go to the deepest, darkest place here. No, we don't. We don't have to. Um, we don't have to. I mean, we kind of do eventually have to, but we don't necessarily on this day have to, especially if we're not ready to, if we're not prepared to. And this kind of stuff can kind of catch us off guard, right? Earlier in the week, we're like, I'm journaling about my activism. I'm a rebel. I'm going to thwart the system, guys. Look at me go. I'm changing over to a credit union. Woo! Which, if you haven't, please do. But, you know, all the same, right? And then we're at work and we hear somebody at upper management like use the N word about one of our coworkers. And we're like, Oh my God, this is happening. What do I do? And we go and say something and then we get in trouble and now it's a thing. And now it's like, do I, do I raise the alarm? Do I send out a like group email? Like, what do I do? <laughs> right. It, it, it could be that kind of a week. Um, so 
that's why I want you to be as utopic in your thinking also as you can possibly be. Um, but what's the most brave thing that we can do? What's the most loving thing that we can do? Just going to keep asking you that. Okay. Now let's talk about the holy days of November 16th. All right, November 16th, we have the Feast of Anganjou from our Yoruba friends and ancestors. Um, this Orisha is syncretized with St. Christopher, um, also uh, not only in Catholicism, but also in Sanseria. Uh, in the Yoruba language, Anganjou means wilderness or inhospitable habitat or impenetrable locale which is very similar to how the god Set is described in the Egyptian pantheon. Set re represents the edge of the known and the, the unknown that is beyond that. And so, aka, chaos, the void, uh, the thing that can't be planned for, the thing that is unexpected. Um, yeah. Interesting stuff. Okay. Also on this day from our Hindu friends and ancestors, we have Yama, the god of death, goes to visit Yana or Yami, the goddess of rivers, who is his twin sister. Uh, Yama rides a buffalo, uh, which I think is very interesting. His name means twin, but it also means the moral rule or duty, a.k.a. Dharma, a.k.a. self-control or forbearance or cessation. And so again, it's a, it's, a, it's a god that represents death, but it's sort of like the boundary, the edge. And in that, very Saturnian uh, symbolism. Uh, Saturn was thought of as the boundary not only because of uh, that was the last planet that could be seen, because now we know that the Greeks may be could actually and other people could actually see Uranus from time to time, um, but its rings. It was thought of as sort of like the boundary, the edge, the ringing, you know, <laughs> the thing that like ring, rings the 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 universe. Um, and so again, Yama sort of being like the 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 self control, like the edge, the boundary of the thing. Okay. Also on this day. We have from our Greek ancestors, Semelea, and this honors uh, the goddess Semele, who was the daughter, or excuse me, the mother of Dionysus. Um, both her pregnancy and uh, her ascension to Olympus are celebrated in this festival to her. There's not a lot of information about her um, or this holiday. We know that there was prayers and sacrifices and dancing probably because uh, Semele was said to dance while she was pregnant with Dionysus. But this ultimately is a feast to commemorate her apotheosis, which is sort of her ascension or her culminating into her final form, basically. <laughs> um, also on this day, we have the Night of Hecate. Hecate, 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 Hecate. Uh, this is a modern pagan holiday, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Uh, the Wheel of the Year is a practice that has been cobbled together into its modern form over, you know, the last 20 slash 100-ish years slash more, right? Because obviously these holidays have been practiced and celebrated for a long time. But... Um, Having modern fixed 
holidays uh, that represent uh, a feast day for an ancient deity at the approximate time of year is something that we see a lot of in these modern Wheel of the Year calendars around the internet. So this being the night of Hecate or Hecate um, is something that is celebrated by a lot of modern pagans because it's a day that's been picked and reiterated several times over. And it's perfectly fine. Um, we know that we have a bunch of different days dedicated to Hecate at this time of year. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. All right. If you're not familiar with Hecate, <laughs> she is a uh, ancient Greek goddess, um, most often shown holding a pair of torches, a key, snakes, hmm, interesting, again, uh, or accompanied by dogs. And in later periods, she was depicted in triple form. Hecate was not always. Um, she was uh, also in her most ancient aspects connected with spaces uh, in heaven, in the real, in the physical world and in the underworld or in the sky, on land and on sea. <clears throat> or in the sea. Um, so she had places in all of these different realms. Um, she is uh, associated with crossroads, entranceways, night, light, magic, witchcraft, knowledge of herbs and poison plants, ghosts, necromancy, and sorcery. And she is absolutely a witch queen. She is absolutely a goddess that is very special and dear to witches and witchy magical practitioners and pagans all over the planet. Um, and so this entire month is a wonderful time to celebrate her, to study her, to engage in her magical practices and um, holding a supper or a magical dinner dedicated to Hecate is absolutely a wonderful way of celebrating and venerating this goddess and her work. Um, various people do it at various times throughout the uh, month. Some people do it on a fixed day, like November 16th. Some people will do it on the full moon. Some people will do it on the new moon that we have here uh, during the month of November or during Scorpio. Some people would hold a supper to her on um, Samhain, solar Samhain. So any of these times truly are really appropriate as far as I'm concerned. Um, the, the ancient Greek uh recreate recreationed uh <laughs> what am i trying to say recreated calendar that i have found online um puts her holy day uh on the full moon i believe or it's the nights leading up to the new moon now i don't remember but we'll find out soon enough in the coming weeks <laughs> all right uh that is the holy days for november 16th let's move on <laughs> Okay, November 17th, we still have our waxing moon hanging out in Taurus, encouraging us to really come into the body, question what we're doing here on the physical plane, all that good stuff. And, but also, <laughs> in the astrology, we have Mars in Scorpio opposing Uranus retrograde in Taurus at 12 degrees. So refiring, rekindling this whole... Um, argument slash conversation, right? Again, we hear these same words, 
restless, rebellious, impatient, want more. Like, again, lots of stuff here encouraging us to get really righteous, really impatient, really angry, really fed up. I'm done with it. Rah, right? That thing. And to kind of compromise into something very like short-sighted and impatient and hostile. Um, and I really feel like that is a compromise. I really feel like that is the shortcut. It's the cheater's way out when faced with the other options. That's just my opinion. Uh, changes to our schedule perhaps coming through on this day. Uh, technology might break down. Electrical appliances might break down. Energy systems might break down or have really intense fluctuations. Um, also with the Pluto transits, Pluto tends to love to break down machinery. Um, there could be a really impulsive energy on this day. And with all of that like oppressive sun square Pluto energy as well, um, you know, with that big sort of affront moment from authority figures sort of like you know, pooping on the situation, this could absolutely be a day where we're like, nope, I'm shrugging off my duties. I don't care. Screw you. I'm striking out. I'm speaking out rashly. Um, I'm, I'm thwarting. I'm being impulsive. I don't care. I'm flowing. I'm throwing it off. And so just again, I'm not saying do that. And I'm not saying don't do that. <laughs> um, because I absolutely support, you know, pulling the whole car over when the system is not working for everybody involved you know, and the powers that be refuse to listen to the requests of the people. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, you pull the whole car over. That's what you do. Uh, but, you know, this kind of astrology encourages explosive releases of tension through sudden anger, not productive, um, not productive stuff. Um, or you might be on the receiving end of this super fun stuff and you might have to watch as somebody else has a massive meltdown and tantrum. Um, there could be unexpected ego conflicts, disruptive events in the best of circumstances. This is an opportunity to liberate yourself from unnecessary and inhibiting restrictions. But again, you know, I, I want to encourage you to, of course, break free, <laughs> break the illusion of, of this goofy ass reality that we're being asked to be invested in. But I also want to encourage you to do that in a way that has your longevity in mind, that has the health and safety and security of you and your people in mind, you and your community, our community, us together, collectively, us. Um, what is... I'm going to ask again, what is the bravest and most loving way that you could respond to this kind of energy? What does that look like? What's that look like? Okay. Um, that's all I have to say about the lunar and the astro. So we're going to jump right into the holy days of November 17th. Uh, we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star, Agena. Um, this star is also sometimes called hotter or hotter. <laughs> so hello, very interesting. Um, and that word means uh, in Arabic to be present or settled or civilized area. And specifically, um, this, this word means ground or earth. Um, and so it really becomes sort of the field of action 
for the high spiritual ideal that we are um, manifest in all the stars. And we are now, you know, looking at the earth and thinking after this massive labor, like here is the bare earth. Here is where it all begins. And it has all just ended too. So that thing, right? Um, seeing the, the absolute death of the cycle and the birth of the cycle laying on top of each other, mushed in together with each other. I think that is absolutely a metaphor for the times that we live in. We are absolutely seeing the death throes of some of these dinosaur ass systems that run our world. Uh, are they going peacefully? No, no, they're not. But we are absolutely seeing the birth of new systems and new ways of humans connecting and creating civilization together. It's amazing. And oh my God, I hope we live through it. <laughs> also on this day in sidereal and Vedic astrology, the sun enters the sign of Scorpio. And also on this day, we have the feast of St. Hilda from our Catholic friends and ancestors. This is the patron saint of working women per my notes. But the only thing that I can find about this woman online um, was that she ran her own abbey. She was very smart. She was very strong. She was well-respected. And um, she is thought to haunt her abbey to this day after she died uh, the bells from her abbey were, t were taken down and were going to be taken back to London and the boat sank, uh, just, just off the edge of the, the harbor, the waters, um, away from the abbey. Um, and so the bells are there in the water out <laughs> by the abbey and she's said to haunt that area. Pretty cool stuff for old St. Hilda. All right. That brings us to November 18th. All right, that brings us to November 18th, and we have our waxing moon still hanging out in Taurus, just about to be a full moon in Taurus on the 19th, right? Yeah, with a lunar eclipse. Woo! All right, we'll get to it next week. Uh, <laughs> so that brings us to our astrology of this day. And we have uh, some kind of wacky astrology compared to how intense and funky the last few days have been. Uh, we have Mercury in Scorpio, Trine, Neptune, retrograde in Pisces at 20 degrees. And we also have Venus in Capricorn, Trine, Uranus, retrograde in Taurus at 12 degrees. So, you know, after all of this like heavy duty, like, oh, I'm going to fight the man and like I'm freaking out about stuff, which, you know, we need to do that, right? <laughs> we need to have that conversation and it's, and it is ongoing. Uh, we get like a little break from it. On this day, we are absolutely encouraged to daydream, go for the fantasy, um, change it up, change up your routine, do something different, break with the, the, you know, break with the routine, um, seek out things that are stimulating, think out, seek out things that, um, spark your creative imagination, uh, you might feel that you're much more sensitive, much more aware on this day. You might feel much more creative and expressive on this day. Um, and so seeking out new people, new situations, new environments could be really incredible. Um, 
Use this as an opportunity to lose some of your fear around taking risks, especially if my encouragement to be brave in the form of doing the most loving thing that you can as a form of bravery feels like a real challenge. Maybe today is a day that isn't so heavy in the astrology. And so it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I feel a little safer here being vulnerable in that way and opening myself up in that way. Um, embrace the unusual. It is a great day for any kind of spiritual pursuits, mystical pursuits, uh, psychic arts pursuits, studying, practicing, but also poetry, music, art, go to the gallery, um, and maybe like if you're going to go and enjoy art this day, go and like listen to music you would normally not listen to or go to a museum you've never been to before or, um, you know, go on a date with a person who you're like, I didn't know that I would be on a date with a person like this or I didn't think I would ever go on a date with you, but let's give it a shot. Don't expect it to necessarily pan out, but the change of pace might be really, really yummy and exciting. <laughs> Um, this is all about, uh, experimenting and not committing to anything, daydreaming, fantasizing, being in the right place at the right time and really enjoying the moment, but not worrying so much about tomorrow, um, which is a very nice break from the heaviness of the rest of this week. I think it's very, very sweet, especially going into the full moon with Taurus, which really encourages us to be in our body and to truly like embrace and enjoy and treasure the physical plane. But again, we'll talk about that next week. Not now. Okay. <laughs> um, we only have one holy day for uh, November 18th, and it is Ardvi Sura which is the Feast of the Mother of Stars from Persia. There, this is a Zarathustrian holiday or festival. Um, so a little background. Um, Avan Yazad is the female deity presiding over water. Um, uh, Zarathustrists uh, worship this divine element in all physical objects the physical water on earth contains indivisible divine light or energy, uh, which are blessings of Ahura Mazda, which is sort of the, the great God of which there are all these various pieces. This energy is more prevalent in the flowing waters of rivers and oceans and streams and springs. Thus, um, folks will attune themselves with this divine light or energy of Ahura Mazda while praying to flowing waters. So that brings us to Ardvi Surya. Um, Avan Yazad is called Avan Ardvi Surya Anahita. And Anahita is another Persian Iranian goddess uh, that we see going back thousands of years. Uh, her name is also very similar to Amrita, which we find in um, uh, is a word in Hindu culture and um, religion uh, and spirituality that means this sort of like sweet treasure um, eh, that bestows immortality and all this other good stuff. Ardvi is the name given to one of the powers of Avanyazad. It is also the name of a river flowing through ancient Iran. 
Uh, she generally represents all flowing water. She possesses sur or weapons to fight spiritual pollution. Anahita describes the function of the deity as cleansing physical and subtle contamination. The waters of Ardvisurya are undefiled and righteous and are the best of all the waters created by Mazda. Thus, the waters of Ardvi are the blessings of Ahura Mazda that descend on earth like rain. Uh, Ahura Mazda, I Ahura Mazda created the powerful force of Ardvi Surya. Um, and so here we have multiple holidays dedicated to water and rain and rivers, right? We've had a few different river deities come up and we've had water goddesses come through multiple times just in this week as well as last week. So a real emphasis on this as we move through Scorpio season, a sign that is connected to the element of water. I'm sure it's just a coincidence as we like to say here on the podcast. That brings us to the end of the week. So let's do the wrap up. Okay, you gotta love it because as soon as I started to talk about these rain goddesses and water goddesses, it absolutely started to dump rain outside here in Seattle. And that, my friends, is witchcraft. <laughs> oh my God, I love this time of year so much. It's dark and stormy and freaking cold. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Wrangle myself. Oh. <sighs> I love this time of year. Okay. Uh, our lunar phases. This is, this is the wrap up of the week. Sorry. Uh, our lunar phases this week are from Aquarius to Taurus. So we are still on that fixed sign vibe. Um, we are still fixing the center of the fall season here in this first month of Samhain season. Um, for our astrology for this week, we have... Uh, Sun in Mercury, excuse me, Sun in Scorpio, trine, your Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 20 degrees. We have Mercury in Scorpio, oppose Uranus retrograde in Taurus at 12 degrees. We have my notes, uh, Venus in Capricorn square Chiron retrograde in Aries at eight degrees and the Sun in Scorpio square Jupiter in Aquarius at 23 degrees. We have Sun in Scorpio square Pluto in Capricorn at 24 degrees. And we have uh, Mars in Scorpio oppose Uranus retrograde in Taurus at 12 degrees. And bringing us out to the end of the week, we have Mercury in Scorpio trine Neptune retrograde Pisces 20 degrees and Venus in Capricorn trine Uranus retrograde in Taurus at 12 degrees. Um, next week, we have a full moon and a lunar eclipse and the sun of Mercury enters Sagittarius, which is the best sign. It's been scientifically proven. I don't know if you know, but Sagittarius, is, it turns out, is actually, it's the best sign in Zodiac. Can you hear the rain outside? It's dumping. It's literally like somebody is standing outside of my window with a hose. It's just like, Psh! so good. Uh, folks subbed to my Patreon. Thank you very much. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much 
for subbing to my Patreon. You folks pay my bills, which make it possible for me to do this research, to put this podcast together every week, as well as teach my classes, as well as do all the other stuff that I do. Um, if you want to uh, know more about the astrology of Samhain season, I have put up a, a chart reading of Solar Samhain, as well as some of the astrology of the rest of Samhain season kind of rolling into December. Um, if you want to know even more about the astrology of this season and how it might affect you personally, sign up with me for a reading, which you can do through my website. Uh, I'm pretty cool to hang out with for an hour talking about magic and stuff. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've just spent the last hour and a half hanging out, listening to me talk about magic and stuff. But if you want me to talk about magic and stuff and you <laughs> and how it pertains to your life, let's, uh, you know, hook up and do a reading and, you know, pull some cards for you and check out the stars and whatnot. All right. That's enough of that. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much to my patrons who support me in this work. I really appreciate it. Oh my God. Um, you can also sign up for my incredibly inconsistent newsletter, which is totally free. And also did I mention, uh, somewhat inconsistent. Sorry. <laughs> Follow me on the socials if you want to, but I'm also kind of inconsistent there. Um, that's it. I hope you're having a wonderful Samhain season. I hope that you are being brave and allowing some parts of yourself to truly die off and to rot and to compost. Um, really be brave with yourself in calling yourself out on stuff that is comfortable but unhealthy. And um, and do it from an act of, uh, you know, from an act of rebellion, of true and deep and profound self-love um, and self-preservation, and, um, and then move from that space. As I have said multiple times this week, I encourage you to think about what could be the bravest thing for you to do right now, moving from a place of love. Blessed be.